You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Evening, Chris. I'm good. Yourself? Ah, not bad. I'm going to not try and uh, cough and spot her all over a podcast because apparently, even though I'm mute, the, the microphone it still comes through on the recorder. So I need to be careful with that. And this week, I do apologise to all the, the listeners uh, for the, the cough and spot last week. <laughs> it was uh, a bit unprofessional. I didn't realise it did it. Uh, a bit behind the scenes there. I don't actually listen to the entire podcast when I edit it because by the time we finish and then want to get it edited and out, it's, it's getting white on a Monday night. So. Uh, now you all know. I, I, I apologise and I'll try and avoid that this week. Right, we've got a busy podcast tonight because there's uh, midweek games galore with uh, Celtic Europe last week as well as uh, the second round of the League Cup. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about for the Premiership at the weekend and of course we have the uh, the upcoming Scotland games against Georgia and uh, Germany. Germany. Germany, yep, well done. <laughs> Go ahead, the game I'm going to next weekend. It's not even the weekend, it's Monday. Aye, it's Monday, aye. So uh, I think the next week's podcast will be a bit later, <laughs> probably Tuesday. Aye, probably. So uh, I, I don't know, are you going? No, no. Nah, I'll be there. Never get tickets. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough I've got tickets for it, so I will be there. But we'll come on to the Scotland game later. We'll, uh, we'll start off with the, the disappointment of the, the charity bet for the weekend, because uh, we had money on Craig Gunn. And, uh, he we can play Andy. We can play Andy. We can play Andy. He was all apologetic in our WhatsApp chat. But uh, aye, it's, uh, he, didn't, he didn't actually score a cut at all this time. It was uh, McLeod. Is he on loan for Ross County? Ross, aye, he's on loan. Aye, he got the first goal for Elgin, so they they, they got the, the victory, but it wasn't uh, going that scored. So and typically, no one there. T- typically, El back to he scored for Dunfermline again, didn't he? First, I saw that. Aye, aye, it's uh, it's just typical. But that's how that's the breaks. I mean, it's, it wasn't the only. Day. Disappointment for betting this weekend because also the the regular charity bet was let down by uh, Dundee, who uh, well we had money. It was Aberdeen and Ross County both won, used to be convincingly in the end, but uh, Dundee were one 0 down to Inverness, missed a penalty, and then managed to get a late equaliser anyway. So they, they, Aye. who was it we added last? Because we were going we were going to go for a double, and then I think we went we'll go for the treble. Was it them we picked last or was it some? No, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we liked all three of them, but I know, I know personally I put the charity bet on and hearts, so my bet was even more scuppered. So. Aye, I had hearts on my own personal commitment, <laughs> but I was glad that anyway that didn't come through because if hearts are dropping points, that's good. Yeah, well, we'll we'll come on to that because we'll, talk, we'll start off midweek where uh, well, we'll get a disappointment out of the way first. Well, we'll beat Celtic 2 uh, 0. And uh, it wasn't one of Celtic's greatest performances. It was more a, a typical away performance in Europe, sadly. And, and basically, we just went at the races, and Malmo fully deserved to beat us and go through. And well, it's not like I'm, I'm, you can listen to other Celtic podcasts, you can uh, read other Celtic blogs, and you'll see a multitude of people mumping and moaning about the, the game. And well, for, for me, the players have got to take the blame. The manager possibly a bit as well. I, I know there's the, the dodgy refereeing decision which disallowed us a, a, an equaliser on the night. But to be honest, I think even if we got that, we were never really looked like we were getting in that game properly. So. Aye. 
It could have been different than one each, but we'll never know. So, uh, well, uh, to be honest, I'd rather just gloss over it. But we're in the Europa League. That's that's our level, as people keep telling me. But to be honest, I'm, I think our level should be Champions League cannon fodder. <laughs> we should be able to beat the likes of Malmo. That's what I'm thinking. Do you think it's disappointment or anger towards the board? Obviously, there was uh, the message on Saturday. Was it Gottless and Malmo clueless in the boardroom? But... Aye, well, I mean, that, I mean that's a Green Brigade's uh, attitude. But to be honest, I don't think the board have done too much wrong this time round. They've, they've clearly backed Ronnie Dyla early on in, in the summer. We got the, the business done with the likes of Boyata coming in early, so they get embedded in. Um, the players that Ronnie Dyla actually put out against Malmo were mostly players he had to start with. So he's, he's had just over a year to uh, pick his best team. For me, the problem was on the park. It wasn't off the park. There was guys like Brown was anonymous, Beaton uh, was... He didn't make no. his man the first goal for one thing. And um, he eventually got to the point where he was trying to get himself sent off, which wasn't he great. Uh, Johansson just hasn't hit the same heights he had last season but when he was player of the year. He just hasn't reached that all. And that continued again on Tuesday. So, I mean, that's your central midfield. When they, none of them are playing to their, their best, you can, it's going to be really, be really difficult to do anything. Did you had some play at the weekend? No, he was completely dropped. I don't know if he was rested or if he was injured or what. No word of an injury? Then. I've not heard anything, no. So I noticed Roderick obviously played again. Well, he seems to be he seems to be getting a nod in the, in the league the, the last few games. And he's, he's taking his chance. I mean, that's his, his first goal at Celtic Park. It's his second goal of the season. Uh, obviously now moving on to the, the, the Saturday game there uh, against uh, St Johnson which unfortunately the, the, the second goal against Malmo was an own goal by Boyata and the first goal against St Johnson was an own goal by Boyata so he's not exactly had a great week but uh, ah, he's the Roger goal was probably the best goal because the, the Griffiths one was a bit of a deflection uh, and it wasn't the greatest defensive uh, not defensive this for St Johnson for the, the Mulgrew goal in the, in the second half but Aye, uh, a co- when St Johnson went ahead I thought maybe my score prediction was going to come right from last week remember I went for a one-all draw mm-hmm. but by all accounts one of the boys I know that I worked with he was at the Celtic game and he said that kind of Celtic after the goal were pretty dominant I think don't, you, you're obviously from watching the highlights on sports scene, you're not kind of quite sure how accurate it is but um, it seemed to suggest that as well because it wasn't until maybe towards the end where obviously John Sutton had that chance where he should have scored and then you've got Craig Gordon double save yeah, well. oh, yeah the, the, the Craig Gordon double save was, was, was phenomenal to be honest I don't, I don't know how he got the first one never mind the second one uh, but uh, from what I, my understanding of the game it was kind of it was mostly Celtics and Johnson then got a goal against the run of the against the run of play Celtic managed to fight their way back in yeah, were in the lead by half time and St Johnson probably had their best spell at 2-1 down uh, Celtic didn't get a third goal and obviously St Johnson played a wee bit better at the, the end of the game as well but from what my understanding is Celtic probably deserved to win eventually uh, but they weren't great but they weren't they weren't bad either which is uh, probably a bit of an improvement for, for midweek I noticed as well during last week in terms of the two teams obviously uh, Fisher go on loan to St Johnson obviously he couldn't play because he's on loan from Celtic but it's kind of interesting one because obviously Lustig is quite subject to kind of suspect injuries yeah but we're a bit overloaded on the right hand side now because we've we've obviously got Lustig as as, as first choice when he's fit we brought in Yanko from uh, Man United he seems to be he seems to be doing alright actually 
uh, and uh, Ambrose seems to get not, the nod there quite a lot uh, under, uh, under Manny Dyla as well so we've got three players that can play there the problem's left back where we don't really have anybody that we're quite happy with is he Gary is that's been a, a, an interesting move he's on loan for Man United for the season so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that loan move is as successful as the loan move we had for the, the City rivals last season with Denier who I think was uh, away on loan to Galatasaray this season is it Galatasaray? Yeah. I've seen Galatasaray and Marseille were in for them. Yeah, I think Galatasaray won the, won the bid eventually. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, we certainly needed to strengthen the left hand side because as a guy, he's had very little challenge. We don't seem to play Mulgrew at left back unless it's absolutely necessary. And then we've got young Tierney. And we've got Tierney, he's, he's come in and done alright from what I've seen, but he's still young. He's, he's not the greatest crosser of the ball from what I've seen either, so that tends to be a big part of our left back uh, way of playing. But. And then. Did we discuss? Oh, was it only? I'm trying to think whether it was only just late on last week. The Christie link with Celtic. Yeah, he apparently Inverness uh, this morning gave him the green light, green light to go and speak to Celtic. So uh, I haven't heard then since then about that. But uh, it seems that's well, certainly um, the talk was if, uh, anybody that was coming in for Christie was going to get loaned back to Inverness immediately. So I think that's I still, the that's talk. still the talk. Yeah, yeah there was a board. Well, Andy was saying there was a board dream meeting called over the weekend. Um, but John Hughes seemed to suggest that they want a wee bit more money out of Celtic, which I think is fair enough. Mm-hmm. I think Celtic are probably quite clever in a way, paying 500000 and loaning him back, because potentially by the end of the season, he's going to be worth more than 500000 He started the season pretty well. Um, so I think £500,000, when you consider what they paid for, I know Armstrong Mackay Stephen played a lot more games, but uh, when you look at clubs down south paying for a potential £500,000, could be an absolute steal. Could be. I, I think that, 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 the, the key will be getting game time. I think loaning back to Inverness this season is probably a good move because there's a massive amount of midfielders at Celtic at the moment uh, and I don't see where he would fit in. Whereas Inverness is going to get the game time that he needs. He's, he's going to continue his development there. Inverness will obviously get the benefit from it. But so I think that's a good move. I still don't see, even after the season, where he's going to fit in at Celtic. But you never know. I, I think as well... Everyone should try and maybe get someone on loan from Celtic as well. Try and say, look, I was set up again, Christy, but can you have two players on loan from the same team? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Which know all the, the rules and loans. I don't see why not. In the same in the same league, because I, yeah. I had a feeling that you might only be allowed one player from a club on loan, but I could like in the same league. I mean, mm-hmm. that's possible. Obviously we had the situation last year with Rangers having loan players from Newcastle. But I'm trying to think back to like. If a club has ever loaned more than one player to a team in the same league, I can't think just now. Can't think enough off the top of my head either. So, um, you could be right. It would, it would seem to make some amount of sense at least. And you'd imagine as well, Inverness will be trying to put in a sell-on clause as well. Oh, you would think so. Yeah. Um, and any club that doesn't do that for a young prospect staffed. Yeah. Um, and then your other one is what, Simonovic. Yeah, Dino Zagreb. From Zagreb. Uh, um, I don't know what making that one. I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about it today. I don't know much about him. I know he did play for Dynamo Zagreb in our uh, Europa League group stages last season. Uh, he was apparently playing when Red Bull thumped him 5-1. Don't know what making that. He's still quite young, so he could still be developing. I think he's 21. Uh, he played against Mould as well, who obviously you've drawn in the Europa League. Yes, I do. So, um, yeah, we'll see, I guess. I, I see. I saw talk that they were trying to say that it wasn't 
a case of he was coming in and Van Dijk was going, but still expect something to happen tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be very surprised if Van Dijk is still a Celtic player after the, the transfer window shuts tomorrow. Yeah, in, in a way though, Celtic might have actually played it quite cleverly because I don't know how, many, how much talks has been. If he is going to Southampton, which seems to be what the suggestion is, whether there's already been talks in terms of what kind of deal or whether it's going to be a case of well, Celtic's end to Southampton tomorrow, look at the last day of the window, give us an extra couple of million. Possibly. Because, because Southampton obviously want to sign him and then it doesn't leave you much time to try and sign an alternative if that's who they're after. Mm-hmm. No, I think Celtic seem to be setting up with the the idea that Van Dijk will probably go in mind but if they had him then so much better I suppose the only, the only kind of thing that makes you think that possibly he might not go is the fact you would have thought if you've got an asset that's worth rumoured well, £11 million you maybe wouldn't play him on Saturday in case he got injured aye that was an odd one I, I kind of expected that I'd probably seen Van Dijk for the last time at Celtic Park in the first leg against Malmo but yeah I mean he, did, he played at the weekend there and uh, well, actually, breaking news: Stefan Sepovic has moved to Qatar uh, on a season-long loan. Right, that's just been confirmed. Apparently, well, I say confirmed. Alison Robbie tweeted it, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, I think he was pretty. Well, he's obviously uh, well out of the picture. He's never been favoured by Ronnie Dyler, so I'm not, I'm not really surprised. Oh, Qatar actually tweeted it, so that's fair enough. That's where that, that news is coming from. So. Hang the other, the other rumour going about is Fletcher on loan. Mm. Right. See, in 2009, when we didn't get him from Hibs, I was slightly disappointed, but I was never entirely convinced by him. See, now that we're six years on for that, and if anything, Fletcher, I think Fletcher's regressed since he was at Hibs. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I, I do not think... I, I mean, I'm, we're sitting here, we're going into the Georgia and Germany games with Scotland, and I would definitely play Griffiths ahead of him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I wouldn't would, be surprised if Strachan's thinking the same thing. So I don't, I don't see why an earth Celtic would want to then sign a guy that can't get ahead of the guy they've already got. I think when Fletcher first went down south, what he originally went to, was it Wolves? I think so, aye. And then he went to Burnley. Was it, was it, was it, I thought it was Burnley and then Wolves, I, can't, aye, I can't remember where it was. But he started off, his first few seasons were pretty good, but certainly since he's gone to Sunderland, he's been, aye, he's been pretty poor. Um, but I, I, I would agree with you about Griffiths, I think Griffiths should definitely start against Georgia. Um, I could understand maybe I'm not starting against Germany because we mm. might try and be a bit more solid. But I've got I've got a feeling that Strach and he kind of likes continuity, continue. Mm. You know what I mean? He likes a kind of similar kind of lineup most games. Aye. I've got a, I've got a feeling that he'll go with either playing Fletcher up front or playing Naismith up front, which he's kind of quite likes doing. Both of them aren't playing. We've got quite. I don't mind sometimes players if they're not playing, but you know they'll do a job. But if they're not match fit, and we've got a few players, Hutton, Naismith, Fletcher, Hanley's not played much football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to go into a game. And it's a big game, because I would say we need to win on Friday, I think. Yeah, I think so. And you don't want to go in with too many players that aren't really match fit. Whereas Griffiths, obviously, boy, he's got five in the league. couple in Europe. Uh, yeah, I, I got his first, uh, his first European goal against uh, Sternin I think it was in the, the second round but then he got a couple against Malmo as well so he's got at least so he's, he's got at least three no he has and then it was right. one against Carabag so uh, he's got three so it's that way go with the guy in form and he's he's buying in form yep. I like Griffiths I think he's a great wee player 
Uh, I, th- I, th- I, th- I do think Griffiths is the best choice we've got at the moment. I agree, I think he's, he's likely to play Naismith, but it, it, the good thing about Naismith is you can kind of play him behind the Griffiths, or you yeah. can play Naismith up front himself, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Naismith gets a nod against Germany like that, with uh, a possible annual or something uh, supporting them. Yeah, but we'll move on to that probably a bit more later on, obviously, when we talk about the Scotland games, because yeah. we've digressed, digressed a wee bit. We, we have, uh, we'll probably leave Celtic to one side now, because we've talked about them enough, because uh, there was obviously the, the League Cup games in midweek as well, and I don't think there was really any surprises, was there? I mean, like uh, Rangers beat Airdrie 5-0 on the Wednesday night, Hibs got an own goal, they took them through against Stanmar. Uh, oh no, there was Dunfermline beat Dundee 3 1. Ah, Dunfermline beat Dundee, yeah. and then they've got Dundee United in the next round. Aye. So, I mean, Motherwell went to extra time against these five, but went through eventually. Uh, did Hearts go to extra time? Yep, against Forfar. But they went through anyway. Kilmarnock beat Berwick 4 1. Falkirk beat Thistle 1 0. But that was the one we identified as being a kind of a possible tight game. So, uh, Falkirk are a good top team, and I'm not really surprised by that. So. Aye, it's not a massive surprise. I, th- I, th- I think Morton beating Queen of South is a wee bit of a surprise. But again, they're the same league. There's yeah. always potential there that kind of thing that could happen. Wraith uh, Rovers beat Hamilton. Hamilton were doing pretty well. Uh, I don't know. Wraith Rovers, again, are a reasonable cup team. And Wraith Rovers award for that it was a, a draw away to Celtic. So. Uh, yeah. Do you want to moan about the draw? About it being seeded? <laughs> oh, I will. We could have touched on a wee bit on Twitter and that. Yeah, the whole seeding system's crap. It should just be everyone in the heart, pulled about, and see who gets who. That's the the beauty of the cup yeah I think the problem with the seeding is there isn't technically a big tie I mean your tie's probably the biggest aye Hibs Hibs Aberdeen could be quite interesting but but you would think I probably shouldn't say this because you know what it's like but I think we should we should win Um, we should definitely win yeah I I would love to say that we should beat the throwers but then but you never know in the cup. I know. I mean, we, we, we should have beat Morton a couple of years aye. ago, and uh, we had twenty-seven corners and didn't score for any of them. They get their penalty, and then they went through one 0 So, yeah. but I bet you BBC also St Johnson against Rangers or Rangers against St Johnson, I should say. See if they did, if they're picking the wrong one. We say I take it home with Rangers at home. Go and watch something else. Exactly. Hibs Aberdeen's the best one. I would. That's that to me is the game to pick. Dundee United or Fermor might be interesting because Dundee United aren't exactly in great form and Dunfermline are. The fact that it's a Tannadice kind of maybe puts it in Dundee United's favour, but I don't know. I don't know whether it'll be two games shown. I'm trying to think whether maybe Sky or BT Sport will get one. Well, I mean, they're all listed. I mean, they haven't picked what dates are on yet, so they're all listed as a Tuesday night at the moment, the 22nd of September. But there's no way Celtic Rings will put it home the same night. Oh, that's not So one of them will get moved. And I'll, need to check, I'll, I'll need to check whether I can get to that Celtic game or not. This, this is the really frustrating thing about Celtic going out of the Champions League, actually. It's it's more likely for me to get a Tuesday night game or a Wednesday night game than it is for a Thursday night game. So I've gone from being the glory hunter that went to the Malmo game to <laughs> I've probably got more chance of going to the Diddy League Cup game than I do going to a Europa League game. <laughs> aye. Uh, but but I, we'll see how it works out. But yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, there isn't too much standing out for me in, in, the, in the draw other than the Hibs Aberdeen game. So, I mean, that's the one I would pick if I'm showing on telly. Are there any games in third round on the telly, though? Because they haven't shown anything in the first or second round yet. No, oh, I bet now the big team's in. Ah, uh, that's the truth. Aye. You know? So, I can I go back to the league a wee bit? Um, refereeing decisions. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to get to this because cause sports scene last night was pretty much just 
battering referees left, right and centre. And rightly so, for the most part. Uh, but do you want to start with the one we can probably defend, which would be Andrew Dallas in the Inverness game? Because John Hughes is up for uh, comments he's made about Andrew Dallas being... Was it inexperienced or something along those lines? Aye, inexperienced and not ready. Right. I think it was... But Sports Scene showed, showed all the decisions that he gave, or all the big decisions that he gave, and every one of them was spot on. The red card was spot on. The penalty was spot on. That's a difficult I, thing to see in highlights, because yeah. probably we don't find well Sports Scene from games that any of them has been at, they're still big decisions, so there's a possibility that there's been decisions that are controversial, we've not seen them. Yeah. I mean, um, certainly, certainly if he's saying there was an edginess and nervousness to the game, then that suggests there was nothing major that he was actually griping about, but it was just the kind of the feel of the game wasn't quite right, with, and it was the referee was to blame. And we'll come on to Willie Collum later as well, because he got exactly the same accusation. Aye. But the subject of Dallas, so I can't comment, obviously, on the game on Saturday, but I've seen him referee at junior level, and that was only, I think, a couple of seasons back. And even then, when I seen him referee in the kind of league games, it didn't look as if he stood out much. He did, however, get he ended up getting the junior cup final at one point. But I do think a lot of it's due to his surname. Aye, he's getting fast tracked. He does seem to have risen through the ranks very quickly, and you would want, you have to wonder who he knows. Oh no, you don't aye, have to wonder who he knows because aye, we all know who he knows. Uh, but I do. I think it was only a couple of seasons ago he was refereeing at junior level. Yeah, and that's. That's really quick. You would think there'd be a progression at least going juniors, then League Two, League One, Championship. Fair enough if they're a really good referee and they think, aye, they're going to go for it, but I think it's very much who you know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything, I haven't heard of any ridiculous decisions Andrew Dallas has given against anybody. And even, like what we said, even even Saturday there, there there was nothing apparently that he got wrong, so. It's quite possible he's been fast tracked because he's a good referee. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best here not to be biased because obviously the, his, his father has a bit of a history with Celtic. Although I usually defended Hugh Dallas. <laughs> I have to admit, I didn't think he was that bad a referee. Maybe latterly he was a bit of a dick, right enough. But. <laughs> aye, aye, but aye. Moving on. So where, well, we probably don't even talk, really speak about the, that game. Because uh, I we've covered the incidents that we've seen. Yeah, and, yeah, right. we reckon that he got him right. Uh, and we've already moaned about the fact that Dundee missed the penalty and cost us the charity bit. So, aye, <laughs> we mentioned for Kane Hemmings again scoring, and probably as well the fact that Dundee scored another light goal. Obviously, the Dundee derby they scored light on. Yeah. So I don't know whether maybe uh, one of the kind of things that Dundee's worked on a bit more is fitness, because usually it's a, a case of fitness that gets you through in terms of scoring light goals. It's not. When it becomes a habit, then it's usually because of that, that kind of thing. Maybe the far side. Keep going. Yeah, and they're certainly, they're certainly getting those late goals, like you say. It's just a pity they didn't get another one, that's all I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was other other dodgy decisions. I mean, there was the. Uh, Motherwell Kilmarnock. Yeah, the Motherwell Kilmarnock game, that was, uh, the, was decided the by a penalty. And, and uh, yeah, and there was an offside as well, wasn't there? Aye, because uh, aye, there, was, there was those two decisions. There was a penalty, which looked like it was a bit harsh on the defender because he was trying to clear a ball and the Motherwell player nipped in in front of him. Yeah, you can kind of see why it's been given, but yeah, if you didn't, if you if you were that, if you were a Motherwell fan, you're probably oh, you're screaming for it. Like you're screaming yeah. for it. 
But if you're a Kilmarnock fan, you're looking at that going, well, he's, he's swinging his leg to kick clear the ball. He doesn't see the guy coming. What's he meant to do? Yeah. Is he supposed to be like psychic and know the guy's here? I know. It's probably bad awareness, but other than that, it's, it's, it's kind of harsh, but probably right. In fact, I think it's one of those, I don't think he got booked for it after. No, so, I don't. I don't. I don't think you could book him for it because it's, it's uh, purely accidental. It's accidental, but can uh, you give up benefit? I don't know. But yeah, but I mean, the offside decision was was, was very poor. Cause I'm not even sure he was level. I think he was a, a sort of half a yard behind. Yeah, but uh, Motherwell probably needed that one. I think so. I, uh, that's the first one since the start of the season. I think so. So I, that that took him that, up to seventh. Would you believe? That's it's quite uh, tight. Uh, so. Aye, that's been and the yeah, the young boy Malt, he's kinda looks like he could be an alright signing for him. Scored a few goals now. Yeah. I uh, think that's still after another I'm sure I read that after another striker. Yeah, is that kinda a difficult part of the, the time in the the, the season where we're, <laughs> we're trying to discuss what uh, what players or what clubs and we still don't know because it could change over the next twenty four hours. By the time this podcast comes out it could have changed. Aye, uh, you know, I think though with Scotland though, there's not usually a massive amount of business done tomorrow. Maybe no, I think there'll be a, maybe some loan deals. Yeah, aye, loan deals are usually the, the, the favourite. And if, there, there's like certainly there's teams trying to get players in, which is is quite refreshing because usually there's kind of no, we're not doing any business. That's us for the season. But aye, aye. There, there's, there's certainly talk of people trying to do business. So. Aye, but they'll have signed another striker, Theo Robinson, Jamaican striker. There you go. Um, so is that, hot, is that hot off the press or is it just one we've missed? No, I actually, I think I know that's why I, I said. I remember seeing something about him being after another striker, but I didn't know what I didn't know that he'd actually signed in time for Saturday. He featured in the game on Saturday. I don't know whether he came off the bench, maybe, um, but he did feature. And then Kilmarnock, I think I read Kilmarnock earlier. Trying to sign Gavin Gunning. They used to be at Dundee United. Oh, yeah, Dundee United, I remember. So they certainly need. They probably need more than that. They're, they're, Desperate for a striker, I think. Um, no, I'm trying to think which one they've. Is it. Was Muirhead went to Dundee United, so it's McKenzie that's still there. Is that right? I think so. He's taking a young strike, but they do need somebody else because McGuinness, for all he's trying to try, he's not going to get them goals and then Boyd. I don't know. I think looking at that, that certainly looking at the highlights and looking at what we've seen so far, they look like a team that's lacking spirit. Or lacking leadership, and they shouldn't be because they've got there's a few experienced players there. Yeah, yeah there's no there's no reason for it because like Gary Locke, when he was at Hearts, was pretty good at getting the best out of what he already had. Now he had very little to work with, which is which which pretty much why Hearts went down. But Hearts were always fighting and losing battle there to start with, so he should have a bit of experience of getting the getting like, togetherness with the players. Lee McCall's obviously got plenty of experience as a player, maybe not so much as a coach. Uh, again, like you say, Chris Boyd, he's he's been this is his third spell at Kilmarnock, so he's he should be the the, the go to guy when it comes to Kilmarnock now. It's Jimmy Hamill as well. Yeah, Jimmy Hamill's been he's he's had experience obviously at Hearts as well. So but then we said it right. said it a bit said it a bit last year about Motherwell. Obviously Motherwell the likes of Hamill and Lasley, Pearson, they struggled for a bit obviously until the playoff. Yeah. So But uh, I suppose one positive thing is Craig Slater's back for Kilmarnock he's a good player mm. I actually thought he might have moved on in the summer but I think he, he had an injury so that's maybe why he's not moved on well, it's probably been good luck for Kilmarnock they've managed to get him back and not, he's not ended up somewhere else so. yeah but I'm pretty sure I heard as well the young boy Chris Johnson I think he got injured he's out for about nine months really? that's yeah. sad 
Come on, I don't see having much luck. So that's not too good for that, them. That that can be one of the things that gets you relegated. By the way, you don't necessarily need to be the worst team in the league, but see if you're the unluckiest, you'd be down there. Aye, would be the first time I've seen uh, that. The, the other thing though is if we're talking about Kamalik struggling for goals, another team that's kind of struggling for goals a bit, Partick Thistle. Yeah, uh, aye, which is a, a recurring theme uh, since they've been in the kind of Premiership that they kind of do tend to struggle for goals. They've scored two goals out of six games, and that was in one game. Right. Against Kilmarnock. And the, the impression I got from uh, Rob McLean, who was covering it for uh, Radio Scotland and the uh, opening all mics, was it was an utterly forgettable first half between Thistle uh, and Aberdeen. And then Aberdeen came flying out the traps in the second half. Obviously, got their, uh, the first goal for Rene, which um, was a bit fortunate with a handball, maybe. Yeah, well, aye. Uh, again, if we're talking about penalty desi- uh, sorry, pe- or questionable decisions, Probably if, it, if that was at the other end, you'd have been like, "That's that's a that's a you're expecting the you're hoping the referee blows." Uh, but on the other side, I don't think it was intentional, but you can see why uh, Archibald's probably unhappy. You made that point um, sports scene last night. I thought it wasn't intentional, and I'm it's one intent is one of those difficult things because. To properly know whether somebody intended to do something or not, you need to be psychic. Yeah. So that's why there's guidance for the referees. Aye. And that's why they come away with things like you have to see which direction, if it was ball to hand or if it's hand to ball. And which, which is why commentators love mentioning unnatural position, which isn't actually in the rule book. But it's, it's, all, it's all down to the guidance for the referee. And what, I think th- there needs to be a bit of common sense there. I think obviously he's benefited from it. So you could kind of argue maybe because he's benefited from the handball, whether he meant it or not, if they went on to score. Maybe, yeah. maybe he should be given a free kick against him for that. Aye, the, uh, game's, not finished, the game's not finished 1-0, though, we scored another. No, no, it was... If, I mean, it finishes, if it finishes 1-0, it's, it's a worse, maybe a worse decision in terms of a party that's all. But the fact we went on and scored another, and I think... By all accounts, deserve to win. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there was any, any any doubt that Aberdeen deserved to win the game anyway, whether that that ghosted or not. And and to be honest, if 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 Aberdeen were going to win that game anyway, I'm delighted it was two 0 because I had two 0 on the predictor. Yeah, two 0 as well. <laughs> should, yep. Um, but I was talking to my mate. My mate was at the game, and he was saying Danny Ward didn't have much to do, but what he did have to do was excellent. He made a, there was one saving in the first half. Yeah, I yeah, think I think Sporting showed that actually. It was uh, a good save. Because it really good, but the, the the big thing is it's in because I've mentioned it a few times this season already. He's just such a, he's such a presence. He, he's some some size. He's looks pretty agile as well. So, and our defence was pretty good anyway last year. But the fact that now we've got a goalkeeper that looks competent behind them, um, we've also only conceded one goal this season in the league, which is which is good. And uh, that's even having Reynolds out. Um, He's obviously been a mainstay of the team for like, the last few seasons. It was a pretty and poor goal we conceded right now. It was a Mullow, wasn't it? Uh, I seem to remember what uh, Ward actually... Uh, it, it wasn't great as a goalkeeper. He parried it out and it kind of passed it. Yeah, that's... <sighs> but it like, pretty good. Uh, the big thing is... Uh, like Niall again seems to be a player that's uh, full of confidence just now. Um, it's a bit of a shame that there's the actual international break just now because I would quite fancy playing Celtic just now. Aye, I can understand that. Uh, well, it be interesting as well to see, because the last few games we've been playing four four two, and whether we still decide to go and play that formation or whether we, we're holding it a wee bit. 
Uh, I think, I don't know, he might still play the same personnel, but he might do the whole thing with playing Rooney out wide or something like that, or Rooney, which he sometimes do. I think that's just a, a waste of time. I'd rather, if you've got a, go- a striker that's going to score 30 goals last season. No, he needs to be the ball. up front, but yeah, yeah, you can understand, obviously, Celtic won't, Celtic will have more men in midfield, so you want to try and match up with them. The other option that we do always have, though, is um, Hayes, kind of tucking in a wee bit. Yeah, and he's always causes him. us trouble and then goes off yeah. injured. Aye, well, hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Because, yeah, um, yeah he, he's on again, but either of them up against his Aguirre, uh, that gives me... Yeah, that kind of pleases me. That's <laughs> uh, <and laughs> so what you were going to say, though. Aye, I, I, I was trying to think of my words there. Um, and then we'll need to see what Yanko's like in the bigger games. Yeah. Because you know, McGinn, if McGinnon and Hayes are in form, it's... Aye, yeah. I think the full-backs are there for the second. So. Well, I mean, you're, you're assuming Yanko's going to play because Lustig was Lustig certainly close to making that. it to the Malmo game. And then he'll, he'll, he's obviously rested on Saturday there, so it's possible he'll come in and, and uh, after that national break ready to go again. But we'll, we'll wait and see. That's for another podcast because that's a couple of weeks away. Uh, the other thing as well, Kenny McLean obviously scoring again. Yes. Uh, another positive. He's, I think he's, just, he's getting into more positions where he's likely to score goals against the box a fair bit as well so that's good to see so I that'll be a, a podcast for a couple of weeks time won't it that'll be, that'll be so interesting that. yep. September's a big month right, we'll, we'll move on to the next uh, dodgy refereeing decision in the, in the Ross County Dundee United game where, uh, like ref, ref watch I know. I got, to, be, to be honest watch. this one I've no idea about because oh, right, sports scene okay. had one camera uh, I'm reading the report here, it says the travelling fans were unhappy when referee Craig Thompson awarded County a controversial penalty after 17 minutes for a handball against Mark Dunning. Dunning appears to be very unlucky because he's also the guy who got the own goal for Celtic last week. Uh, it looked as though the former Queen of the South defender was pushed onto the ball by one of the Staggies players, but Thompson thought otherwise. I've never seen any of this in sports scene because sports scene had one camera and I've no idea aye, what happened. Aye. Same. And I think I said um, it at the time, but yeah, uh, it's, it's another game, another referee. It's Craig Thompson, allegedly one of the better referees, and yet there's there's some doubt over whether the decision was right or not. And I, I, I mean, if they're right and it has been a push, then surely you have the push, not the handball. But uh, yeah, I mean, Ross County, uh, they won the game, obviously. With the, I mean, they were two 0 up after half an hour. I think they could pull one back in the second half and. It certainly sounded better for Dundee United in the second half, but again, that's another defeat for them. Ross County are flying high at the moment, back up in the up, up in the fifth place at the moment. So, I you've got to think know. that. I mean, Hank, I heard a start last night saying that Dundee United have got something like thirteen points out of the last sixty-three available. That is that doesn't surprise me actually because there was there was a um, point last season we were wondering if Dundee were going to catch them. And then it was Ross County. I've got forty-two from the last sixty. Yeah, I mean, well, again, that was another start. Ross County towards the end of last season were one of the, the best form teams in Europe. Aye, um, and if they seem to have continued this season, that's that's ten points for the first six games. It's not they're not maybe like the likes of Celtic, Aberdeen, and Hearts, but they're, they're, they're sitting on ten points level with Hamilton, who are fourth. So they're doing very well. It's, it's, goals it's, it's as well. Not, yeah, I mean, goals. To be honest, I thought it. When we, they, they played Celtic in the season, that Ross County looked pretty good. And certainly Jackson Irvine seems to be playing well for them, and he's he's a man that I've heard a, a lot talked about. So, I think there's been some sensible signings. Obviously, Andy when he was on last week, we spoke was we spoke about Boyce, um, and then obviously Davies coming in, the d- defender from Bradford. Yeah, he scored again, and I was like, he's got a couple in the league now. 
Uh, yeah, well, obviously, it was for the spot uh, on Saturday. Which, they're okay. <laughs> so you've got that, and then the fact that McGregor seems to give in a McIntyre license to give players two-year contracts, because previously they'd been budgeting for maybe only possibly getting relegated. Mm-hmm. So not giving two-year deals just in case they end up going down and can't afford to pay wages. So... Um, in terms of transfers, though, if you look at Dundee Wright, they obviously signed Billy McKay. So is that that's on loan, isn't it? They're on loan, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that one works out. Could be a good move. I, mean, I, I quite like Billy McKay when he was at Inverness, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on uh, at Tanner Dice now. So. Although certainly I think Dundee Wright needs something to lift him. Yep. Still think they need a, a bit more experience at the back, but um, quite enjoying Dundee United's misfortune at the moment. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that new firm rivalry, isn't it? <laughs> new firm, no, it's just. I'm sure. I'm sure I've said this before, but the, no, there's only like a couple of guys on Sky Sports that use new firm, and they're not being ironic or funny. See, even as well when folk talk about the old firm now, there's no such thing. Different divisions. Go on. That ended in 2012. So. Um, right, so I actually thought the decision you were going to talk about was the Hamilton Hearts game. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the one we should probably get to because this, uh, this is another one that I have absolutely no idea what happened, and I've seen I've, I've seen a, a couple of replays of it, and I don't know what happened, and I've seen Hearts, I've seen Hearts fans talking about it, and I don't think they know what happened. I know, obviously, uh, certain people at Hearts were anticipating a, a, a decision given against them by. Uh, Referee Billy Cole I uh, to the point that Robin Nielsen said they were training with 10 men. I, I see a bit about them saying that they prepared for training. I don't think the te- talking about training with 10 men is a bad thing. I probably a lot of managers will do that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think his comments were that bad actually. <sighs> uh, if you look at. I do, I do and I don't. He's, he's, he said that he. And Laurie and uh, Footgaff off the phone have both said that certainly. In Hearts games, they have they have been a, f- a few sending offs, whether rightly or wrongly. I don't know because I've not ever seen all these games. Um, cause it, was it the Hearts Rangers last year? Nielsen mentioned the same thing. I think it could be right. I mean, I, I, I think they're looking at it from a very isolated uh, perspective. This is good coming for a Celtic fan because you know who we're famous for being paranoid about referees. But the Hearts are looking at it from a very isolated perspective. What they need to do is they need to go and look at Willie Collins' record overall. And I seen a stat a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, that basically said that Willie Collum gives twice as many red cards as any other referee in Scotland. Aye, that's so, why I think so from that, that, that not ignoring what you said. Exactly, yeah, from that perspective, it's probably a good thing. If you know Willie Collum's going to be your referee, there's a good chance there's going to be a red card in your game. It might not be for you, it might be for the other team. Yeah, but I, 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 I do think Willie Collum is one of these referees who seems to make himself centre of attention. And like we were talking about Andrew Dallas earlier on, he just puts an edge in the game that wouldn't otherwise be there if it was another referee. Aye, the other one's Steve McLean. He's quite useless as well. Yeah, it's just, I think that's the problem. It's, we, we, we've managed to sit and mention here so far, Wally Colm, Craig Thompson, Stephen McLean. These are three of the, the more well-known referees. Andrew Dallas is working his way up. Yeah. There's, a, there's effectively a team of referees in Scotland that are given bad decision after bad decision somewhere along Aye, it's different. See, like, when people say, oh, like, the criticism of referees from, like, fans is unfair. It's not as if it's just one set of fans. It's not just Hearts fans that have criticised Willie Collum. No. There's been plenty of uh, managers, 
fans that have... And obviously, fans will criticise referees because decisions will go for you again. Should we believe we'd spoke tonight some decisions where we've thought referees, I they've probably had a hard job making decision. Um, however, the Craig, the Callum Parson one, people that were at the game, they, they're struggling with the sports scene didn't give us that great views to be fair no uh, it was, it was it difficult did, for us to see uh, but it looked like the Hamilton player went in pretty wild as well yeah, that, that's the thing wild, he I went wild and I always thought Callum Parson just fell down and because he lost his footing he kind of fell into the, the Hamilton player yeah I think Laurie he kind of maybe touched a wee bit of what Laurie said aye I was just I was just, going to, I was just digging out the watch for that actually I mean, what, what, he says, he, I'll not read that for nothing he says because he goes on forever he's Laurie what else does he do but uh, he does say one thing I'd like to make clear is I'm no conspiracy theorist I simply think that Wally Colm is a dreadful referee who seems gen- to generally thrive on being the centre of attention and making these sort of calls which is what I was touching on earlier Um he said he was too angry to watch sports scene, but based on what I saw at the time and the replay immediately after the match, I still have no idea why Patterson was sent off. This is what he was in the stand commentating for Hearts TV at the time. And he doesn't know. So he says he seemed to stumble as he went for the ball, and two players simply collided as the ball was loose in between them. I didn't see any significant high feet from Callum, and it was in, in fact the Aki's player who studs ended up on the Hearts man's shin. What you say, he seemed to be like he lunged in. Aye. The, the one, the one, the problem that uh, Hearts are going to face now is next time that Willie Collum is refereeing the game, that Willie Collum is probably going to be think well, he's maybe going to it, it puts a bit of pressure on it in terms of making decisions, or does he just think well, I'll just be a, I'll make, I'll they'll be make even more decisions against him because he's compliant. I know that's question the integrity as well, but they're humans. If they're going to get criticism, they might just react in their own way. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. the, the unfortunate thing from all of this is we're, we're going to get the the SFA are going to look at what uh, John Hughes has said and they're going to look at what Robbie Nielsen said. At what point are they going to look at the standard of refereeing in Scotland? Aye, well, I think we've, we've touched on that before. There needs to be some sort of panel or something like that. I know obviously referees have their supervisors, but, yeah, but the, let's face it, the supervisors are on their side. The, exactly, like that's, any, a, that's the problem. Like any, it's like in any workplace, at, my, at your workplace, my workplace, your manager's going to back you yeah and uh, the referees are simply untouchable because not only do they get the backing for the referees anytime they ever get criticism the SFA come out and back them as well now, the SFA and the referees association are two separate institutions but they, they get on so well together they effectively be the same thing and um, I'm, I'm going to steal uh, from uh, Andy's uh, he's going to come because he got some comments off Stuart Regan when he, when he was doing the, the the Scotland press conference and Regan says our referees are a very high standard but they make mistakes that's how it is and I do think that at times it's unduly focused on perhaps as a deflection tactic I don't see the same amount of coverage when players make mistakes or coaches it's all about the refereeing decision that's what makes football I suppose a bit unpredictable and that's what people talk about online that's all very good and well but when a referee makes a mistake it can be vital to a game Bully Collins is a perfect example Bully Collins makes a mistake about Callum Patterson a 2-1 lead for Hearts turns into a 3-2-1 for Hamilton. And, I mean, he says, he tries to make out that I don't see the same amount of coverage when players make mistakes. Try being a goalkeeper and makes a mistake. Oh, fine, we, we, we slight players. Uh, I mean, I, if we want to talk about players and mistakes, that, the, is it Courtois? Courtois? When it, he went on to score, but the one before it, when he miskicks it, he's through in goal, the Hamilton striker. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Aye, aye, so, aye, remember it? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that amused me, but aye. But 
definitely probably change the game, but you don't know. Even sometimes player teams with ten men can do all right, but um, should give Hamilton a bit of credit. In fact, uh, I think we at the start of the season wrote them off, but they're up there doing pretty well. I, th- they, I think they've signed well. I, 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 uh, I do think they've signed well. I think well, I, I, I banged on and on about this that people were saying, "Oh, I, I haven't finished because they've got to do Alex Neil." And for several weeks on this podcast, I was saying it wasn't just Alex Neil that they lost; it was the strike force as well, and that's why Hamilton plummeted out in, in the bottom six. Now, what they seem to have done this summer is they've obviously still got Canning in charge. They've brought in some strikers again now, so they've actually got someone, they've got a couple of players that can get goals again. And that seems to have made a difference. Hamilton are still playing some nice stuff. I don't think Canning's changed too much from that, from what they were playing under Alex Neil. But now they've got the guys to put the ball in the net again, which they didn't have for a few months. And I think yeah. that's what's making the big difference. So it's, it's now looking, as mentioned it obviously a few, couple of weeks ago, that uh, Aberdeen would be chosen not to play Hamilton. It's now looking like we should have played them because they've got a bit of form. Yeah. It's a bit of a trickier game now, especially the fact that we're playing the match up in Celtic. Aye, true. So it's going to be a busy little period for you in the next month. Yeah. Unless you're listening to this in September now, because you could be, because there's only a couple of miles, hours left of August. But uh, aye, it's, it's a, September looks like a week, uh, already looks like a crucial kind of month for, for Aberdeen. It's a crucial one to think for. Aberdeen and Celtic. I think so. I. I mean, Aberdeen, Celtic, and Hearts all play each other. Yeah, uh, we've obviously got the, the the start of the Europa League campaign as well, which will be interesting to see how we go. Um, well, we're sweating referees. Will we just finish off with the when touching the championship? Did you see the the, the sending off for Queen of the South? Uh, yeah. Let me just think back. Yeah, I did see the sending off. But I'm trying to remember it now. Right. Uh, f- what I saw was two Rangers put a square up to a Queen of the oh, South. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because the Queen of the I, South I, guy I. used his head to push away the second Rangers player, he got sent off by Bobby Madden. Yeah, I think even. Now, even Mark uh, Roberts came out and said it was very, very harsh. So, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's in agreement with that one. Uh, but I should say that wasn't the only thing Bobby Madden got questionably wrong because I'm not entirely sure they shouldn't have sent it off penalty. the penalty. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He just took him out, didn't he? Yeah, it was. It, it, looked, it, it just looked like an F card to me. So, I, don't, I, I think Bobby, we can throw Bobby Madden into that pile of referees are garbage. To be honest, you, can, you could just put referees into a bag and have mistakes, and you're having a date. That's just <laughs> that's the way it's going this weekend, isn't it? I hate to say this, but see, looking at the highlights last night, he just looked quite decent in the final third. Obviously, they scored five goals, so that makes sense. Anyway, they can all play. Actually, look like they're playing some nice football in the final third. They're, they're, they're a team in form and a team with confidence and I think certainly I don't recognise any of the names but from the, the brief highlights I've seen of Rangers Warburton's signed some decent players in there uh, Tavernier seems to be pretty good he's, he's, he's the one that's getting all the, the, the chat certainly he's the one name that's standing out for me yeah he's, I, no, he looks like he definitely has signed well and uh, I, I can't believe they've got that boy Zellerlem from Arsenal because they rate him very highly but I thought other clubs would have been interested in him Playing at a higher level, but I think Rangers have won a watch getting him in. Right, it's, it's, I, mean, I think I think Warburton's certainly himself. He's he, he's he's probably the man talking these guys into coming. Because I can't I can't imagine it's an easy sell saying do you want to come and play in the second tier in Scotland. It's hard enough sell to, saying do you want to come and play in the first tier in Scotland. Ah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I mean, it's that already looking like Rangers are going to do what Hearts did last season and want that division. Falkirk might. Do something. Yeah, I mean, Falkirk did go top on Friday night because they beat Dumbarton 2-1. Yeah, 
on uh, BBC Alba. I wish I'd known it was on Alba, but I only caught it the last five minutes yet, unfortunately. So. Uh, because some of those Falkirk players have been there for a while, and can I still yearn plenty of experience, so. Yeah, and obviously um, Peter Houston's got plenty of experience as well, so. So the other, maybe, but I still think Cabs might do all right. They started off the season slowly, but. Cabs might rally, but they're already six points behind Rangers. And yeah. I don't see that Rangers team dropping many points in the same way I didn't, well, you didn't see Hearts dropping many points. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, the playoffs will be interesting, I think, because, um, like, what you say, Fokker will probably be in there, Hibs will be in there. I, I, I do imagine Queen of the South will be in there as well. Race Rovers have started all night as well. So, and, like, you would expect at some, nights, at some points that Burn will get going, but I mean, that's two points for the first four games for them. Aye, well, Shanklin's gone there on loan from Aberdeen. So, I'll be interested to see how he gets on there. Uh, I forgot to actually mention earlier when we were talking about transfers. Aberdeen signed Ryan McLaughlin, another loan player from Liverpool. Uh, right back, young right back. So, I don't know whether there's maybe talk that Shea Logan might go. Uh, but yeah. hopefully not. I hope you keep Shea Logan. We should also mention about Aberdeen that uh, uh, they're equal to club record, the five wins yeah, on the, yeah. at the start of the season. That, since the first well, last time we won the league 84-85 yep we won the league yeah. so I, I, I did, I did also that, please. I did also jokingly point out that it's, uh, that they've matched the record of Hearts last week because <laughs> Hearts had won 5 out of 5 last week as well <laughs> and went on to lose the 6th repeat that please <laughs> so aye no it's good it's not good uh, I think I'm I think I'm done talking about the, the, the leagues to be honest Um uh, we should probably move on to Scotland because we're we're getting on for time here and we've not even spoken about the, the, the crucial matches. Well, we have a wee bit, but uh, we should probably focus on them a bit more because we've got the Georgia game on Friday night. It's five si- o'clock kick-off. Is it five o'clock? I thought it was six. I see I seen five o'clock, but I don't know if it's pretty sure I've seen five p.m. <sighs> because I'm trying to get away from my work here. I like to see it. Right. That's going to be interesting, then. <laughs> I thought, well, it's, I mean, it's Friday night football, which is at least interesting. Uh, if it's if it's six o'clock, great. If it's five o'clock, that could be a bit more difficult to see. Um, we just need to hope for that we don't have a repeat of last time we went to Georgia oh and they played a, that, was was that? a seventeen-year-old goalkeeper, no, sixteen-year-old goalkeeper, seventeen-year-old. Uh, oh, and they was that the, we wore that kit. Aye, the maroon kit. I was going to ask, yeah. is that the one game we played that? Maroon? You know what's really annoying about that? I actually quite liked that maroon kit. It didn't really say Scotland to me, but it was quite a nice kit, and it's forever going to be associated with disappointment in Georgia, so I don't think anybody ever bought it. It was certainly nice on some of the way to trip so far. It feels like, it feels like it's been a while since Scotland have played. Aye, it was, was it June? Was the last time we played against yeah. Ireland? We got the, the draw over there. I mean, we're, we're still on course for the 20 points, I've mentioned for ages, so. But yeah. we, do, we do need to win in Georgia, win in Gibraltar, and beat Poland at home. The, the worry, as I said, is the fact that we do have a, potentially a few players that haven't been playing much and probably will start. Yeah, I mean, well, we we should. We should I mean, we never touched on the squad last week much, but uh, Stuart Armstrong and Bear have both pulled out because of injury. And uh, kind of fortunately, Scott Brown hasn't pulled out, and he he went he went off uh, for Celtic at the weekend there after taking a bit of heavy knock. But even after, well, after the game, uh, well, that's that's. Uh, 
somebody on sports scene last night was saying it was probably just a, was it Stuart McCall was just trying to get him yeah Rory Dyla said after the game he's fine he'll be fine for Scotland uh, Stuart McCall confirmed that on sports scene last night so that, that's that's good because we could, we could do with Scott Brown in the middle we could do with Scott Brown not doing what he did in Malmo though and being in, in, anonymous so yeah I think the one it's, it's, it's interesting We've, we seem to have quite a, a strong Celtic contingent in there now because it's not in, it's not infeasible to imagine that you could have Gordon in goal although I think he'll go with Marshall yeah I think he'll go you with Marshall you could have Mulgrew in somewhere either in the back four or in centre midfield he likes Mulgrew yeah he, he, he does favour Mulgrew Scott Brown is but, pretty much guaranteed to play and probably the captain League, what we mentioned Lee Griffiths earlier on there's a good chance he'll play and James Forrest was probably one of the few players against Malmo I had a bit of time for he got a bit isolated yeah. but at least he was he was, he was trying there was times he was running into two and three defenders because there was no support but he, if he's hitting a bit of form just at the right time that might help Scotland yeah but then I noticed on Saturday he was on the bench and left on the bench I think what Forrest needs is a good run of games we, we made a few uh, changes I'm not, I'm not overly concerned by that but uh, aye, it doesn't. He, he is that kind of player that needs a run of games. So, I mean, th- but it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of who we, who we do go with. I want to say I, I, I expect Marshall to go. Hotton will probably play in the back four. Has he played much? He's not. I think he's played yeah. a league cup game. That's what worries me. Um, but I was. I can't. I think it was in the forum I mentioned. I see managers for years in picking Hutton, even regardless because he's not been playing regular for Villa before that at Tottenham. He wasn't playing regular. So, managers must see, see stuff in training that I'm not sure what. makes him or it's, it's the fact that the, op, the other option is Stephen Whitaker. Yeah. Maloney's another one that worries me. Because I don't know how much he's been playing for Chicago Fire. I know he's just moved back to uh, the UK. I can't remember who he signed for. He signed for somebody down south. Hull. Was it Hull? Right, okay. Yeah. So he, he's alongside Andrew Robertson then, that might help us whittle in the, the campaign, but it's not going to help that's us this a, week. That's if Robertson plays, because whether he might play the first side at left back, or whether he'll, I don't know whether he could play Mugru there, we were tra- was it you that was asking whether Strachan's played Mugru at left back? <sighs> I, can't, like, I don't think I'm going to ask that, because I can't remember if he has or not though. I know certainly uh, he plays, he's played it for Celtic this season, but he tends to favour Mugru in midfield. Yeah, I, I think Mulgrew will play the Germany game, but not play the Georgia game. But I don't know. We've got options though, because we're trying to think of a team right. I, I think centre, probably defence, centre backs, I think will be Marn and Hanley. I think Hanley will come back in. Probably. I'm not, I'm not, I really don't like that centre of defence, but I, there's no decent option there at all. Yeah. We just don't have an abundance of central defenders. And then I left back. I don't know how much. I think. See, I think Robertson's not been playing much at Hill. Aye, that's, um, that's a concern. What's the other option? Whitaker. Uh, for Scythe. For Scythe. And he wasn't that great against Ireland. Gordon Green might get a shoot. That's, that's only. I mean, in, in the centre of defence. I mean, that's the only thing I'm. I'm right too. Yeah, you might keep because he's. Yeah. Because he, he's certainly done all right when he since he came in recently. So maybe that's. that's I, I, I would have felt more confident if Berra was in there right enough. <laughs> But obviously he's pulled it, so So does that Scott Brown's also gonna play. Yep. So as he's fit he'll be playing. He may go alongside Fletcher. I don't think that worked. I, 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 I haven't seen Fletcher and Brown play well together yet. I I would play MacArthur 
Crystal Palace are doing pretty well in the Premier, the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, the Crystal Palace playing well. However, it's then I think Morrison will play. Aye, this is where we start getting questions. I think Morrison is better further forward. I think so, but uh, did, did you know did Morrison not play there in the last couple of games? Yeah, yeah. so he potentially think I think he'll play. Yeah, so it's definitely plenty of options. The further forward we go with the better options seem to get because I mean, like Johnny Russell doesn't start, but he's a good option off the bench. Uh, obviously, we've got Anya, we haven't, we haven't mentioned Anya yet. Yeah. He's, he's a good option. Uh, Stephen A. Smith can play up top, or he can play sitting uh, a bit further back in the midfield. Well, as I mentioned Forrest already. If, if he's, he might get a game there, I can't see he's not playing Maloney, but I just don't know what form he's going to be in. Came off the bench on at the weekend and set up a goal, but yeah, yeah I don't. I don't. I don't I Robertson did actually play at the weekend, but I th- I'm pretty sure I read that Robertson not played. Every game for Hill that season. Yeah, so that's a, that's a bit of a gamble, maybe. Wait, no, uh, Hopefully, have a good week in training and we'll see what we get. I don't know whether he'll play, you know. We could have Snodgrass back, but Snodgrass still isn't back. He should have been out for a very long time now, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and I hope, I hope he doesn't play. I hope he doesn't play Maloney out wide. I hope he plays. I like Maloney no, playing for the middle. Doing well. Been doing well playing kind of number ten kind of recently, so I'd agree. Um, and then up, up front the options are like oh, Chris Martin and Derby. It's, uh, somebody must see something him I don't because I've seen him come on for Scotland a couple of times and he looks slow and cumbersome and just yeah, it, it just doesn't look good at all. But it, I mean, he seems to be playing like in goals for Derby. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think the way we play, we don't really want a striker that's going to slow us down. No, I don't so think. Uh, we need some a bit of more maybe a work rate Aye, which immediately flashes up Lee Griffiths doesn't it because of all the strikers we've got Lee Griffiths is probably the most mobile with Naismith probably second I don't think Fletcher's all that mobile either no but Fletcher links up the play that's that's the key Uh, it does link up play well funnily enough it, it becomes that question of the same question Celtic had through European qualifying it's we could play Griffiths who's quick but doesn't he hold the ball up well or we could play Chief G who that was his strength at Dun United now ironically Chief G couldn't hold the ball up for Celtic either <laughs> so it didn't really work out uh, and it was better playing Griffiths but I think in this case Stephen Fletcher is better holding up the ball and probably would work better with Stephen Naismith than Lee Griffiths would now I could be wrong maybe that's something to work on in training this week another example of that is like the start of the season with Aberdeen we were playing good Willie ahead of Rooney now they're both obviously playing but uh, good value obviously links a play up better but what do you want do you want a player that's going to link up play better or do you want a player that you think Put a if they get a chance he'll score yeah. that's, uh, I think I think over certainly I think against Germany it maybe make more sense to have Fletcher but against Georgia we're looking at somebody taking those chances yep and I, 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 that's my one concern about this game is we did only beat Georgia 1-0 at Ibrox in the, in the, the home game uh, and even that was a bit of a, a, a lucky goal. I mean, I think we only had two digs at that, and it still went. Did it go in as an own goal? Uh, Can't remember uh, if it did or not. But well, we should have won that game by more and didn't. And the longer the game went on, the more Georgia kind of came into it. They never really looked like a threat much, but they still looked like, they, like even at 1 0, it was a bit dodgy. I don't remember coming out of that game overly relieved. <laughs> no, nothing else. Yeah. 
So how we do over there? Like you say, I am I'm a bit haunted by the moon step day. So fingers crossed, we're a bit more confident, we're a bit more this, this team's got a bit more about them though, and Strachan, because I men- mentioned it before, Strachan inspires confidence in the players. The players seem to be able to up their game. So. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think George is a key game here. The Germany yeah, game's going to take, the, right. the, the take care of itself. Because Poland and Ireland have both taken something off Germany, ideally yeah. we want to take something off Germany ourselves. The, if we don't, I don't think it's... Game. I, was, I think you're going to know what you're going to Poland say. Poland Germany. Poland Germany in the might same night on Friday night, aye. The game we're not even involved in. Aye. Funny that because there's a, there's a couple of scenarios where Poland and Germany can both finish with more points than us depending on how that game goes. So I think what we really want is Germany to win it. Because if Germany win it, then, we, then us beating Poland means we can catch them. And I'm, what my flag packet sums have always had is beating Poland at home, so... In my head, that's what I want. But obviously, the, if the my dad was at this podcast, I, yeah, that'd be ideal. If my dad was at this podcast, I didn't just say I want Germany to beat Poland, right? <laughs> <laughs> he hears that, he will kill me. <laughs> I had to be disappointed. Yeah, but I, 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 I do. We get six. So my, it's been been a disappointment to Celtic in Europe. I kind of want something to pick me up now. And it wasn't like beating St Johnson wasn't in the pick up. I might get picked up by the time we get to Europa League, but it's almost good from my perspective to have a Scotland game to focus on. If we can beat Georgia, I'll be delighted. If we can beat Georgia and take something off Germany, I'll be ecstatic. If we don't beat Georgia, I think we're gubbed. <laughs> that's the, that's the worry. Yeah, aye, definitely. Um. And the the other problem I've got is. Ireland have got probably the two easiest games you could have because they've got away to Gibraltar on Friday night and then they're uh, at home to Georgia. They've got to take six out of six out of that, I think. And if we only take three, they move above us. So we're going to be sitting fourth going into the last couple of games. The only good thing is the last couple of games are Gibraltar away, which follows the Poland at home game. And we need to beat Poland. I think that's as long as we beat Georgia, the Poland game becomes a focus. Yeah, because if we beat if we beat Poland, even if we finish level on points with them, we've got a better head to head record. Yeah, exactly. And we've already got a better head to head with Ireland. So, so the, the, I mean, at the moment, if we were to, if, if if Ireland were to get six out of six for these two games, if we beat Georgia and even draw with Germany, Ireland will be level on points with us, but we'll be ahead of them in the goal and the the head to head. the one thing I noticed about G- uh, Germany, they've not really got an out and out striker in their uh, squad. Are they not? No. Because he used to have always, he used to always play closer. Yeah, um, he's, he's getting on a bit. But I think Thomas Miller will probably be a striker. I would think so. He's, striker, he's but, like a goals. But he, he is, he is, he is he does have more incapable job, but he does play striker. But aye, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, aye, it's, it's just typical Scotland, doesn't it? We're, we're worried that we might not get in against Georgia that we want to get. But uh, Germany coming to Hamden, ah, we could take some for that, any ball. <laughs> well, it's going to be us. Sell out crowd. That's it. It's, I mean, I, I'm not. First, the, I'm not the biggest first, fan first of Hamden. Aye, I'm not the biggest fan of Hamden, but even a sell out at Hamden is a loud affair. So it can be. I don't, it's going well, to be difficult. Games, I've been a few good sellouts. It's going to be difficult to intimidate the Germans right enough, but we'll, I'm sure we'll do our best. Yeah, it's just crap. It's a Monday night. No, uh, well, it's it's interfering with the podcast. That's the thing. 
But uh, if, I mean, I, I don't mind the Friday night game, but if it means Friday Monday, meh. Not so great. I don't think, I think October's games are like Thursday Sunday or something as well. I'm, pretty, I'm fairly sure the, the Poland home games are Thursday night. Which is just yeah, there'll probably some there'll probably be some fans that don't even go to the Poland game because they're already in like Portugal or for going to Aye. obviously the Gibraltar Aye, game. I know we've gone for a week in Faroe or whatever it is. Faro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, a few folk going to it, but I don't know whether they're they're making the Poland game before they go. See when the draw was made, I thought, oh, I'd love to go to that game. And for what oh, I've seen, it's now on sale to all the 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 supporters club members. Aye, and they've got eight thousand. Aye. Like 8, I'll be honest, I'm surprised it's only 8,000 because that, that stadium was about 30,000 and Gibraltar have got about 10 fans. <laughs> ah, yeah, I dare say there'll I think be a lot more folk. There probably could potentially be a lot more folk travelling right. than 8,000. I think they've limited uh, that just to last minute deals. Aye, I don't blame them. It's, it's, it's tempting. Especially the, the summer we've had. Aye. I did think about going, but uh, I've got other. I've got other priorities, unfortunately. It would have been good. To, I, I, I would quite like to go away to a, a Scotland game at some point, but uh, it'll have to be another day, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe my son's older. I'll be able to take it. Okay. Okay. So, I, I, so we've got that to look forward to. Uh, obviously, good luck to Scotland. Hopefully, we get six out of six. <laughs> At least three after George other. <laughs> right, we're just about done. But uh, because there's no Premiership games, we've no predictions to do. But there are lower league games, so we've got something we can pick for a charity bet. Now, I must admit, I've not really looked. Oh, I've not looked either. So I'm not 100% sure what would be best to go for. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go directly back to L back to A, even though he did score first again there. I don't think we should stick with Craig Gunn because he, although he scores, he doesn't really, he's not guaranteed to get that first goal. Yeah. My and, uh, gut instinct, and I don't know who they're playing, Peter Heather at home at Albion Rovers. Rory McAllister. Rory McAllister. Yeah, he, he's, be been, he's been banging in the goals. He's second top scorer behind L back two in, in League One. And I think yeah. a, a home game is always a good bet. Yep, could not I mean, be happy with that. I, there's no reason not to pick Dunfermline, by the way. They're right for for. So there's a, there's a massive game in League One for for Dunfermline already. No, I think that sounds good because um, obviously Rangers are scoring loads of goals, but the problem is that they're sharing the goals. There's no Aye. exactly it's one player, so. It's hard to pick who's going to get the goals. Aye. So, so uh, no, I'm happy to go with that. Right, so we'll go with Rory McAllister of Peterhead for the first goal scorer. Uh, which just leaves us a regular charity bet to pick now. Yep. So let's try and find some odds. Hibs get their game scrubbed at the weekend because of the co-ops, which is interesting because like, it was usually Rangers that would do that, but they haven't. They're at home with Wraith Rovers, so that'll be ridiculous odds that I'm worth wasting our time on. Oh, definitely not. Um, um, Queen of South are at home at St Martin. The back end of bounce back. Mm. I don't know what the the odds are. I don't know because like. that's still. I don't know. I think St Martin will come back into things a wee bit. Uh, I, I I think Queen of South. Are, do we go uh, for Peter Head? Do we double up? What are they? Four to five. Mm, four to five. Maybe. Queen of South are evens one to one at home at St Martin. I think that's decent but odds actually for a, I think they they should bounce back against it man because they look like going to be a, one of the teams that are challenging for the at least the playoffs that season so I think that might be a, might be worth bearing in mind uh, if Peter had a 45 maybe let's, let's what else have we got 
East Fife are at Annan Athletic, East Fife are going well, but they're nine points. Elgin City are at Montrose. Montrose are doing a lot better this season than they did last season. Uh, Clyde at Arbroath, that might be worth looking at. Aye, Arbroath are bottom of the league. Aye, and Clyde are 23-20. Maybe I'll be Peterhead Clyde double. A Peterhead Clyde double... Ten pound on that would give you thirty eight seventy. Yeah, that, that's, that that's including the stake though, so mm, right, so we need to maybe a wee uh, what if he said Queen of the South as well? See I don't know about Queen of the South. I know Queen of the South takes it up to seventy seven forty. Like they are kinda quite a good price, but I do think I don't know. I just think some at one some point I'm gonna kick start our season. Alright, what else have we got then? Um, it's Ayr at home to Stenhouse Muir I don't know whether on Tuesday night oh is it Tuesday night oh, that was Tuesday well, I don't want to touch that because there's a couple of the be- days before in advance I never even noticed that uh, it's Tuesday uh, see I think that I wonder why that's Tuesday I don't know that's very strange Um maybe they've got some international call-ups Dunbarton at home to Alwa maybe could have been an eye, could be a possibility eye. You're 20 to 23 with that. So if you took Clyde Peterhead and Dumbarton treble, £10 and that would return 72 35. Could be a shout. The other one, possibility, but both kind of struggling is Strunrar at home at Breakin. Breakin have to won a game. Strunrar have only won once. So it's maybe not great, but aye, maybe aye, Clyde. So we're going with Clyde, definitely. Clyde Peterhead, Dumbarton. I thought I liked the sound of that. Let's go with that. Right. That sounds good. So £10 on that is, is returning 72 35 That's including the stake, so... Get your money on that. And Rory McAllister repeating ahead is the first goal scorer bet. And that is us for another podcast. So, that's, that was that was quite a lot packed into the, this week. It was indeed, aye. We'll, prob- we'll probably think we have nothing to talk about next week. It'll just be a routine 1-0 Scotland win for, se- for Scotland. And then predictions, aye. So it'll be a nice short one next week. Which will be good, because it'll be, it'll need to be the, the Tuesday night anyway. So yeah, oh, if, you're expecting the, if you're expecting the, the podcast on Monday night, forget it next week. <laughs> it's just not happening. I'll be at hand. Aye, but we'll, we'll be talking about the big game though the following Saturday. Aye, that's the thing. That's, we, could, we could be spending a lot of time on that. I'm hoping we spend more time on talking about how great it was for Scotland to beat Germany. <laughs> Yep, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Alright, well, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for coming on, John. No worries, Chris. See you uh, later. Good luck to Scotland and the, the, the upcoming doubleheader. <laughs>